Good morning, saints. We're here at the Friendship Baptist Church here in Aiken, South Carolina, having a, our virtual service for this fourth Sunday. We'll we be talking from you from the scriptures, Luke, the eighth chapter, 26 through the 36th verse. But before I get to the text, I'd just like to take this opportunity and thank Reverend T.C. Edwards for giving me this opportunity to come in and preach for this Sunday at Friendship Baptist Church. It is indeed an honor as well as the a pleasure to be here with you all this morning. But also I like to say during this pandemic, we all have experienced a great deal of stress. So I'm hoping that this sermon would help us out in some way. So let us pray. God, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace. We ask you, God, that you would bless us, lead us, as well as guide us. We ask, O oh God, that you allow your spirit to fall fresh upon us. Now, God, I ask that you remove me from myself. Fill me with your spirit. Allow your spirit to speak to me as well as through me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Once again, our scripture are coming from Luke, the eighth chapter, verses 26 through 36. I will be reading from the King James Version, commencing that the 26th verse. Then they said to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, what have I do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me, for he had commanded the unclean spirits to come out of the man. For it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, saying, what is your name? And he said, Legion, because my demons had entered him, and they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Now a herd of many swines was feeding there on the mountains. So they begged him that he would permit them to enter them, and he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man and entered the swines, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. When those who fed them saw what had happened, they fled 
and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. They also, who had seen it, told them by what means he who had been demon-possessed was healed. I would like to talk to you from the topic, God, make it stop. A tagline held hostage by demons. So what do we know about the certain man? We know that he was demon-possessed. We know that this man lived in the cemetery. We know that he wore no clothes. So what is this lesson or what is this text really trying to teach us? This man who possessed devils and whom Jesus healed seems to tell us the striking needs of our time. We live in a sin-maddened world. As times has changed, customs have changed. People have changed. Everyone seems to be uptight. Our financial system appears to be more corrupt than it ever has been before. Our elected officials, or some of our elected officials, seems to be more concerned with power and greed than the welfare of the people and this great country. Many, many have lost respect for law and order. Hate crime is on the rise. Black-on-black -black crime and drive-by shootings is at an alarming rate. The former spirit of neighborlessness seems to have vanished. People seem to be going about with chips on their shoulders. During this pandemic, it has had a significant impact on our lives. We have never faced this heavy attack on our emotions, our minds, and spirit. It has impacted our social life, our social system, our education system, our worship service, funerals, and needless to say, or not to mention, our loved ones dying alone. I can hear the saints saying, all right, God, you got my attention. Make it stop. During this pandemic, I feel God is trying to teach us to give up all our superiority and attitude that feels we are more great, more noble, and more spiritual than, in, than others. When we really think about it, we all came from the same DNA, dirt. Because God took dirt 
shaped it and molded and made man in his image. So therefore, we ought to come to Jesus with humility, asking forgiveness for every sin and transgression and transgressions, accepting his redemptive work on the cross for our salvation. We, we as a people need to understand each time we take the life of another person, we leave an empty void in someone's mother, father, sister, brother, grandmother, grandfather, and a host of other family and friends. Needless to say, though, buried beneath the soil are dreams that never came to pass, songs that were never sung, books that were never written, ideals that were never shared, visions that never became reality, inventions that were never designed, plans that never went beyond the drawing board of the mind and purpose that were never fulfilled. Our graveyards are filled with potential that remain potential. This is a tragedy, all because someone was held hostage by a demon. Someone needs to say, God, make it stop. But when we go back to the text, the Bible says a certain man made his dwelling among the tombs. The tombs are the place of the dead. This brother that we find in our text was very much like any other brother and sister that we may encounter in our time. But something, something happened in his life that brought separation of his mind, his body, his soul. We find a man full of the devil. Mark Gospel gives a more descriptive version of this man. Mark 5 and 5, and always day and night, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. In today's society, we would call him a maniac. Look at him, sitting there, chained, crying, and cutting himself with stones. Yet, he was possessed, tormented, bound by emptiness, and in despair. He was so bound by the devil, change could not restrain him. Bound physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, just like some of us are bound mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. But with this man, during his day and time, there are no drugs to sedate him no mental hospitals to confine him. The only thing you can see and hear is the clanging of his chains 
he is dragging along. As strong as he was, he was helpless and unable to break the spiritual bondage that tormented him day and night. This brother is embodied with the worst satanic, the most horrific, violent, and hopeless existence of mankind. Look at him. He was shunned by society, misunderstood by his family. He was naked, no doubt felt unloved. He probably smelled horrific from the stench of the dry pus coming from his open wounds and the sour vomit. His hair was unkempt and dirty. He was feared by the people. He was tormented and controlled by a legion of demons. But yet, the Bible does not give us any details on how he became possessed and bound by a, such a vicious, complex spirit. We can only speculate. So first, let us notice that this brother was captured in a deadly past. When the text says that he was living among the tombs and tormented between the edginess of hope and the comfort of despair. If we really, really think about it, all of us have found ourselves in the position one way of, or another. Some of us have never been depressed broken or empty like this, but life difficulties have made us cry out, God, make it stop. Maybe, maybe what drove this brother to this condition, maybe he was a father that lost his job due to a failing economy. Maybe, maybe he had abandoned his family and his life is now in a mess. Maybe he was a victim of child abuse in the past. Maybe when he was a little boy, he was molested. Maybe, just maybe, he lost too many family members to gang violence or police brutality. And if you want to look at it in this day and time, maybe his spouse ran off with another woman. So what drives a person to this condition? Sometimes we'll never know. Sometimes people find themselves in this condition because they have not connected with our true savior, Jesus Christ. So maybe this brother had one too many 40-ounce bottles of Coke 45. Maybe he was a pill-popping, marijuana-smoking, crack-dealing, street-hustle, gang-banging brother that got caught up. Whatever it was, it was something happened that caused 
a separation of his mind, body, and spirit. He was possessed and out of his right mind. I am here to tell you the grace of God has ways of showing up even in the madness of our situation. Listen, as he cried out in anguish, God, please make it stop. Yet he would take sharp stone and cut himself. He fled from the presence of the living and made his dwelling among the dead. Perhaps wishing that he could join them and cease from his torment as he screamed, God, make it stop. My question this morning, what are some of the demons that trouble and terrorize you? Is there a demon roaming in some of the regions of your life? Sadly, we have church folks that are being tormented day and night with the stones of discontent. They are crying silent tears on the inside saying, please, somebody help me. They come to church bound only to leave bound, returning to dead stuff. Bound by emotions, psychological, and spiritual change, tormented beyond comprehension. The devil has placed a stronghold on their mind, and they are believing that this is just the way it is supposed to be. Even though it is contrary to the will of God, yet they are bound. Maybe this is why there are so many of our families and our communities that are torn from the flow up because the head of the family, the man, is out there in the graveyards of society with verbal cussing, pants sagging, street hustling, baby mama drama. He's a zombie that does not realize that he may be breathing, but he's dead without Christ. I can hear Jesus asking the question, What's your name? If you listen, you can hear them answers in the corridors of despair, failure, alcohol, low self-esteem, no self-esteem, abuse, damage, broken, alone, addicted, adulterous, divorced, depressed, and the list goes on. Are you living in fear, in hiding with terrible pain, and much of life controlled by a demon? Could it be financial debt, an addiction to gambling or spending, emotional discouragement, depression, 
doubt, compulsion for alcohol, drugs, food, pornography, obsessions with gossip, self-doubt, worry, fear, and an explosive temper of verbal and physical abuse. Many of us have loved ones who are trapped in the tombs of darkness and, des and desperation. You have tried many different ways to help them with no success. Maybe they are held captive by drug addiction, alcohol, criminal activities, or just plain loss. And you have tried to reach out to them and it didn't work. Well, the social service programs cannot help them. Rehabs could not help them. The criminal justice system with its first time intervention program could not help them. You have put them in the best treatment program, taking them to the best doctors and psychologists. And you have tried many things, but nothing seems to help. There are times when you feel like giving up because you have exhausted all hope. But I'm here to tell you, only God can make it stop. The request of the demons was granted. When we look at the text, the request of the demon was granted as was the request of the crowd, but the request of the healed demonic, now a redeemed man, was denied. So I asked myself this question. Why did Jesus honor the request of the crowd and the demons, but denied the request of the redeemed man? Well, when we look at the text, the demons requested permission to go into the herd appeal. The people requested Jesus to leave their town, and he did. So my question, have you in your own way requested Jesus to leave your presence? Have you ever asked Jesus to leave you alone? But the redeemed man requested Jesus to go with him, and he was denied. Well, the first instant came to my mind, the begging demons got what they deserved. They ran over the cliff and drowned. But sometimes in our storms, in our oxymoron minds, what are we begging and pleading God with for God, not getting what we deserve? You ever been in this situation where you say, God, please, please don't let him or her leave me? God, please don't let me go to jail. God, please don't let me lose my job. God, please get us through this pandemic. Many of us crowd in our storm. Why me, God? Will this ever end? How am I going to make it? 
our shouts are shouts of agony and misery. God, please make it stop. Well, when I think about it, in the second instant, the begging, the crowd is that Jesus lead them alone. So why? Why did Jesus grant their request? Well, maybe because their heart was so cold and callous and they were more concerned with the death of the pigs than the healing of a human. Let me say that again. Maybe they were more concerned with the death of animals than the healing of humans. Maybe because he said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my heavenly father. Or maybe, or maybe some of us is just like us. God, leave me alone. I can handle this all by myself. Well, but when we look at the third instance, the redeemed man is begging that he might be able to go with Jesus. But here's how the master replied. Go home to thy family and friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for you and hath had compassion on you. I think just in that text alone, we as God's people, we as God's children, we need to understand that God has showed all of us great compassion and love. And so therefore, we should be more than willing to tell others about what God has done in our worthless lives. Well, the story of the maniac who became a missionary illustrate that it is the responsibility of all Christians to tell others how Jesus delivered them from the power of sin. In other words, Jesus was sending this new delivered believer to his God ordained mission. All of us have a mission and a purpose from what God has saved us from. Jesus was in fact telling the brother to go home and tell them how God had made it stop. Well, Jesus says, tell them I was a doctor in your sick room and most of us have had this experience, how I made a way out of no way, and black people, we ought to know God has made a way out of nothing for all of us. And it seems now that God has made a way for us. Sometimes we forget where he has brought us from. Well, God also has been a bridge over troubled water and a shelter in a time of storms. So as I close, I'd like to leave these points with you. 
we must recall Jesus' past performance. Well, we remember Mary Magdalene, who had seven demons, cried out, God, make it stop. Jesus' disciples, when they were caught in a terrible storm, cried out, God, make it stop. Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. He fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he, his only daughter, about 12 years of age, was dying. Can't you hear him crying out, God, make it stop. Now, there was a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any means, came from behind and touched the border of his garment. As she reached out to his garment, can you hear her crying out, God, make it stop? And immediately her flow of blood stopped. When we look at Mark, when we, when we look at Mark, when he saw Jesus from afar, this is the demonic man, he ran and worshiped him as the demonic cried out. The demonic man cried out, God, make it stop. So take note on something here. When the demonic saw Jesus, he ran and worshiped him. No unclean spirit could stop him. No devil in hell could keep up from coming to Christ. If we truly want deliverance, we truly want salvation, if we truly, truly want to be free, no power in hell or on the earth can stop us. But before I take my seat, I want you to see here is when and how does my man receive deliverance? How God made it stop. This man received his deliverance when he was in worship. Understand, when he was in worship, Jesus was dealing with the spirit that was controlling him. When he was in worship, Jesus cast out the unclean spirit. When he was in worship, Jesus changed his life. When he was in worship, Jesus restored his right mind. When he was in worship, Jesus clothed him. When he was in worship, deliverance came. When he was in worship, victory was given. When he was in worship, all things were cast away. When he was in worship, he was given a new lease on life. And lastly, when he was in worship, his joy was restored. God, make it stop. Let the church say amen. I know in this day and time, and with the things that we're challenged with each and every day, we all need a safe haven. And that safe haven, through my experience and many other saints and Christians, is a relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. So we'll like to take this opportunity and send the invitation to anyone 
who may be faced with challenges, difficulties, depression, emotional strains. We'd like for you to take this opportunity to commit yourself to Christ, join the church of your choice. It could be here at the Friendship Baptist Church in Aiken, South Carolina, where you can contact them, or it can be any other church. But the main thing is you need to realize this, that Satan is trying to keep you from reaching your purpose. And I can guarantee you, once you have a relationship with Christ, things will begin to change. I'm not saying they're going to be perfect, but things will change and you will see your life flourishing and becoming better. Thank you.